Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstalk. Hello, and welcome to episode number 25 of Crosstown Crosstalk, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi. And I'm Joey Parisi. And Joseph? What's up, man? What's up? Um, how does it feel to know that the powers that be at the Barroom Network consider you a foul enough little boy to make sure there's a viewer discretion is advised post I'm, on your I'm on not your foul. Show? I You're am a not, foul little boy. I am not foul. You're a foul mouth <laughs> little clean. boy. I'm as clean as they come. Um, I, I'm glad that's what you think about during the intro because I was thinking about uh, how this is the last show that baseball will be going on. Well, yeah, cooking meth is bad. It doesn't make necessarily make you evil. <laughs> I mean, that's not foul. That's fact. You're a foul little boy. That's fact. That's not foul. I want to play the video again. Well, yeah, cooking meth is bad. It doesn't make necessarily make you evil. I love that. You don't think you're a foul little boy. I'm not foul. I have no I, idea what to tell we'll you. Well, stand by that. You can cook as much meth as you want. It's not. It does not make you an evil person. You know that that meth is going to go out there and like maybe harm some people. Listen, I'm but a that, business. I'm a businessman. No, before you get canceled, just shut your mouth. <laughs> um, before we get into sports, I have a couple things I want to get to you before we talk baseball specifically. Yeah, I mean. Today's I'm national like, today's national chocolate day. I swear this kid wakes up and he look he, the first thing Vinny Parisi does when he wakes up is not so you think it might be check Twitter, see if there's any breaking news in sports. Oh, I anything. always read the takes no, on them. He goes right to Google and he sees what national day it is, just so he can ask me what my fucking favorite chocolate is. <laughs> well, what the hell is it? You foul mouth little boy. I'm not a chocolate guy, I'm not a sweets guy. Give me like, uh, there are these little ball things. Someone's gonna have to help me out here. There are these ball things. They're chocolate balls, and they come with a wrapper. You pull the wrapper. Um, they have the different flavors. There's like a caramel one. There's a white chocolate one, a milk chocolate, and a mint. They're like one. they're like the European type candy. No, they're not European. I know what you're talking about. Like they're like, they're like little balls, and it's the best chocolate. So that's my answer. Whatever I know what is. you're talking about. There's a gold one. You normally see them around Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. They're one. delicious. My number one favorite candy bar in the world 
is a Kit Kat. It is the goat candy. We're going to taste it live on air. I don't have any candy here to eat. You're not a chocolate guy. You don't deserve any. The chocolate god smite on you. Did you, eat, you, get. you already eat the Kit Kat? A bite of it. Did you break it? Yeah, well, I took a bite of it. You didn't break it? No, I broke it. I was going to say. Because that's my piece, thing. That's, other half. That's my thing. I'm the guy who just bites. Yeah, you're the only psychopath who eats it the wrong way. But yeah, Kit Kat, 9.4 candy. Love 9.4. Is six no, Sixlets is not what you're thinking of. She's thinking of the, they're almost like M&M type, like candy coated chocolate. And they come in like a little wrapper and you like, like this big. You're thinking of like the actual candy where you have to like pull apart. I know what you're talking about. It's there's not a dark a, chocolate pull. one. Yeah. And there's the, like the, the red the packages, the red packages, milk chocolate. And it has like a chocolate, um, like it's chocolate. And then inside is like a liquid chocolate. Yeah. Like truffle almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good stuff. Um, I have a not. meth a meth cheesecake yeah, no. is what the people in the chats are wondering. Listen, Joe. Huge disclaimer: I would never go near meth, cook it, sell it, consume it. I'm just saying, it doesn't make you an evil person. <laughs> it does make you an evil person because if you know that your product is out there to kill people or could kill people, then that's it. A Lindor yeah. chocolates. Lindor chocolates. Shout out Frankie Lindor. Yeah, this is a baseball show after all. That's them, the Lindor chocolate. Oh, you put your hand up like you have something to say. No, because yeah, no, that's it. Like now, I have a taste for those. Happy National Chocolate Day. Yeah, National Chocolate Day is awesome. I love chocolate. I love candy. I, it's weird. I love candy more in my adult life than I ever did when I was a kid, ever. Like when I was a kid, didn't care twice about candy. I'd rather have a cheeseburger. Now that I'm an adult, give me all the candy you could give me. See, I'm still not there yet with candy. Um, I've You'll gotten get there one day when you finally grow up. I've gotten a little bit that way with sweets. My whole life, I, I'm not a Same. sweets guy. I would pass on dessert. Don't need a piece of cake. Don't Same. need any cookies. The reason why I was, you know, so fat, because instead of having sweets, I would just have three dinners. Yep. <laughs> Um, and I'm still like, I'm still like that. So as I get older, I, you know, I'll have a slice of cake, slice of cheesecake, you know, so the sweets are growing on me slowly, but still not there with candy. Yeah, for sure. I totally understand that. Um, before we get into baseball, there is a different sports topic at hand that I wanted to get to you. And I wanted to show you this little video before we get going that I secretly had implanted where I want to get your opinion on. So the video, here we go. He's the best hockey player to ever play hockey. I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry. He doesn't have all the records. I'm not saying he's the best career. He's the best player that's ever played hockey. It's a joke watching this guy. It's a different level. It's a different league. I've said this 50 times on this show. I think Scotty Hartnell and Bruce Boudreaux had him 50% to get 150 points. Dude, I think he's getting 150 points. He's averaged 150. I think he has 150 points in his last 82 regular season games. Every single night, he can get six or seven points. You think I'm joking? <laughs> start watching the start. I'm not joking. Start watching the Oilers. Any any chance you get, watch the Oilers. Watch how many points he could get. And to think about it, right? 164s. If he plays every game, that's two points a game. Right now, he's just under three points a game. I don't even think it's fucking crazy to think about this guy getting 200 points. Call me stupid. Call me dumb, dumb wit. Call my ears big. Make fun of my takes. This guy could get 200 points one of these seasons. Do you think big-eared, dumb, dumb wit is on to something 
Do you think he'll ever have 200 points? Like, I know this is a baseball show, but I want, I'm watching the Oilers last night and I just can't get over this guy. Biz is doing the intermissions and all that hilarious talking about RA and all that on the, on the intermission with Rick Tockett and Anson Carter and Liam McHugh. I just love every second of it, but I'm watching this guy. He literally could have five or six points every night. If you sit there with a notepad and watch the Oilers and you just write a little line every single time McDavid could have had a point if like the goalie didn't make a save or the player made a better shot or something, you'd probably get to like seven or eight. So do you, what do you, what is your thought? I agree with everything Ryan Whitney said. I actually have a stat here. Uh, this is from six days ago. So these numbers are from six days ago. So disregard what he's done in the past six days. But this is why I agree that he can have 200 points in his last 18 regular season games. So we all know about the tear he went on at toward the end of last year to reach 104 points. We know about the start he's had this year. So in his last 18 regular season games, he has 47 points, which is a 214 point pace over an 82 game season. So I 100% believe that he can have 200 points in today's NHL. Do you think he will this year? It's starting to look like now is as good as year as any because this Edmonton Oilers team is the real deal. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, I think I absolutely think he can. I'm not sure he will. I think he'll be in the 150 to 200 range. But if him and Dryside will keep cooking the way that they do on the power play, I don't see there's any possible chance that he's not at least in the upper 100s and like leads the league in scoring by 30 or 40, maybe 50 points. Like Dryside might be right there for number two. Um, obviously, Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, all these guys, Patrick Kane, even when he comes back, there will be so many different guys like in that conversation for the second leading scorer. But McDavid is the greatest hockey player I've ever seen. I don't want to hear anything about Wayne. I don't want to hear anything about Sid. All great players, no doubt about it. They're probably the two best players of all time, Wayne and Sid, and Bobby Orr, of course. But, I mean, McDavid, based on individual talent and skill, second to none. I've never seen anything better. Maybe in any sport. Yeah, I agree. And I I like that you kind of threw that that at me right there on our baseball show, but I agree completely. Yeah, McDavid is the GOAT. Well, it, I didn't want to wait until next Wednesday because then, like, we might be talking different things with McDavid because I'm starting to think that the Rocket Richard is a real possibility for him, too. Leading He's the scoring. He's consistently scoring goals, which we all knew he could do. It's just a matter of will he do yeah. it. People call Ovechkin and Matthews the two best goal scorers in the NHL. No, Connor McDavid's the best goal scorer in the NHL. He just chooses not to sometimes, and I truly believe that. If yeah. he wants to lead the league in goals, he can and he will. Um. I truthfully believe that they are going to be the last remaining undefeated team. Oh, no, they just um, lost yesterday. They lost yesterday. Yeah, yeah that's right. Next track. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, um, and you, really quick, can we talk about how bad your and Frankie's bets were yesterday? You guys okay, steered, all right. Well, I guess we the wrong way. Everyone steered the wrong way. I guess we'll just talk about it now. I wanted the Braves, to bring this up. The Braves lost. I wanted, I wanted to the bring The Oilers up. lost. Who else did you say was going to win that? I wanted to bring this up. I'm going to say it whenever you give me a chance. Go ahead. I said, and Frankie agreed with me, the Brave, we truthfully believe that the Atlanta Braves are going to win the World Series. With that being said, are they going to win four straight? No. But when you think a team is going to win the World Series, if you want to profit on them, if they win the World Series, you need to bet them every game. I did not say they're just going to go on a 2-0 series. All I said was, I think the Braves are going to win the World Series. You got to take advantage of them being dogs. Because if I think they're going to win the World Series, then they're going to have to eventually win more games than they're going to lose. Okay. With with that being said, 
I was wrong about the Bruins. Florida's really good. They're going to get revenge on them on Saturday, hand them their first loss of the season. I'm not worried about it. Quinville will be fired by then. Exactly. It was a he joke. Might be fired by the time the show is over. He's having it was his a meeting. Joke with... that he was even behind the bench. Yes. He's having his meeting with Commissioner Bettman right now. Yeah. Um. And I hit my parlay. I should start specifying what my parlays are because I was very clear that Vegas is going to win their second night in a row going into Dallas. They went into the third period down two to one. I was never worried once. I had that parlayed with the Chicago Blackhawks plus one and a half, which I was very specific about me taking. Yeah, they paid, did cover plus one and a half. Paid uh, you plus called, you three both called the Flyers stinky. Paid plus 317. My yeah, that's, so, that's a really good parlay. No, I, I will start specifying what picks I have parlayed together because I didn't have the Bruins in that parlay for a reason. And it, I, I'm, I won money on the day. So, Speaking of Boston, since our last show, the Boston Red Sox have been eliminated from postseason contention at the hands of the Houston Astros. The Red Sox had a 2-1 to one series lead. Things looked promising. It looked like they were going to go to the World Series with relative ease. And then the Astros rattled off three straight and are probably the best team in baseball, at least in the American League. They deserved to be the American League champion, even though everyone hates him. Would you like to give a little eulogy to your Boston Red Sox? Yeah, it was a, a season to be proud of. They, I would say, overachieved in many people's eyes going into this year. Uh, I think Alex Cora makes worlds of difference being behind the in the that manager spot for them everyone seemed to kind of overlook them going into this season and there was a lot of guys who just overperformed we'll see if they're able to keep it up I think Bobby Dahlbeck did great throughout the regular season uh uh, Kike Hernandez Alex Verdugo keeps getting better and better every year with the Red Sox Uh, obviously we had great years from Xander Rafi Devers uh, and then not to mention they dealt with some injuries. They didn't get Chris Sale back until very late in the season, only made, what, six starts in the regular season. Um, I think there was a lot to look forward to for the future of this team, given that they overperformed so well. So I was happy with the way the season went. The better team did win. The Houston Astros are the better team. They probably have the most offensive, prolific lineup in the entire postseason. So, I mean, hats off to the Astros beating the Red Sox, who ended up being the better team. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Boston, they kind of overachieved this year. If they won another 10 games, they still would have came in second place in the American League East division. So it was obviously really good division. The Rays, the Red Sox took care of the Rays. And the Rays were probably a better team. So that tells me that Alex Cora is still a top five manager in Major League Baseball. I would probably hire him. He would probably be my first choice for the White Sox if I had one. And I know it came down to the Red Sox and the White Sox for Cora. That's from our friends at Section 10 confirming that because he was on their podcast and he literally told them that it was down to the Red Sox and White Sox. But, I mean, he gets these guys to do what they need to do. They beat the Yankees in the wild card game, took care of business. And then from that point forward, they went on a run. And their best players deserve credit. They had to – you know what I think is funny about the Red Sox? In 2018, they won the World Series, right? Then they come back in 2019, and they have that 13-game road trip to start the season, okay? Then following that, they kind of – they don't do that well on the road trip. They kind of like are middling all season long in 2019. They end up in third place, miss the wild card by like five or six games, okay? They weren't a bad team, but they looked like a team that, okay, maybe they could get back to being that World Series contender again in 2020 if this, this, and this happens. And then Mookie Betts gets traded. Alex Verdugo comes in. 
Um, they get a couple prospects. Heim Bloom kind of gets criticized for the trade at first because Mookie Betts goes to the Dodgers and then immediately signs a contract with them. It's like, well, why couldn't he just sign a contract with the Red Sox? Well, the Red Sox went out and had the fourth worst record in all of baseball in 2020, the COVID-19 shortened season. And they have the fourth overall pick in the draft in the midst of a run to the American League Championship Series. So to me, if you look at a long-term plan by Heim Bloom, their GM and Alex Cora being brought back after his suspension from the cheating scandal, I think the Red Sox played this season perfectly. I think they're the one of the most well-managed organizations in Major League Baseball, and they should be proud of the way things happen. They got technically the best high school prospect in all of uh, high school baseball with that fourth overall pick. The three players taken ahead of him weren't necessarily considered the best players. The only one I think they missed on – by drafting fourth instead of third was Leiter, who went to the Texas Rangers. Jack Leiter pitched for Vanderbilt. And so they took that and they got the best high school prospect with pick four. And so that player is going to come in and be awesome probably because the Red Sox are really good at drafting and developing. And this is all coming amidst a really nice run to the American League Championship Series. And me and you have talked about this for a long time. The Red Sox, they either suck or they're really good. There's really not much of an in-between, and I think that kind of helps them continue to stack World Series titles on top of each other because they know how to play the system as well as any team in the league. Do you agree with that? Yeah, uh, they go from winning World Series, deep runs, to literally dead last and fighting for last place in the division. It seems to happen pretty regularly. Uh, not a, few, a couple years after their 2013 win, they were same thing, last place, and they, you know, quick turnaround back to on top and that historic 2018 year. So I agree completely. Do you remember how disgusting the 2012 Red Sox were? Mm-hmm. I thought Big Poppy was going to retire. Yeah. They, they yeah. were just in last place and they, they weren't even like a fun last place teams. Normally last place teams are fun when it's like part of a rebuild. I know a lot of White Sox fans had fun in 2018 when they were like horrible, went 62 and 100. I can't call that team last place because they weren't in last place. They came in second to last because Detroit managed to be worse that year, had like 102 losses. But um, like the Cubs in 2012, they were like a fun last place team. Like you looked at their minor league system and you got Soler and Baez and Bryant and, you know, they came in dead last and was able to draft someone like that. So at least they didn't come in dead last, the Cubs that year, because then they would have drafted Mark Appel over – Bryant and Mark Appel's golfing and Brian is a superstar. But I just think the discretion with the Red Sox is honestly crazy and they should be proud of the way that their season went this year. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a, a lot to even improve for next year. And look, they were able to beat the Tampa Bay Rays in a playoff series. Uh, I think they held their own against the Astros. It's not like they got swept. They lost in six. And No, the final two games weren't very pretty though. No, see, the thing with the Astros, and we're kind of seeing it right now in the World Series, when they win games, it's it's all on one inning. They just have one inning where they drop a fuck ton of runs, and it you got to learn how to just contain that team. But, I mean, they never quit either. They'll get a, a, an early small lead, and then they'll, they'll have that big run inning later on. The Astros, that lineup is just too good right now. It's probably the two best lineups, top to bottom, in baseball facing off against one another. So it's whichever one cracks first that will end up losing the World Series. You know, we see it on Twitter all the time. This brave lineup fucks. Like that, that's like the slogan. But, like, the Astros lineup, one through eight, is amazing. And then their nine hitters, Maldonado, 
who's one of the best defensive catchers I've ever seen. Yeah. So the Red Sox, they weren't able to get over that hump. I'm not sure what to think of them going into next season because I think the Yankees are going to do one of two things. The Yankees are either going to blow it up. Like, I do think that's possible. There are lots of credible people, more credible than me, that think they're going to blow it up. Or they'll go sign a billion dollars in free agency and bring in Correa and maybe try to bring in Robbie Ray or something like that and, you know, try to do it that way. But the Rays, they're always going to be there, like, you know, drafting and developing and then letting guys go. They, they might trade guys now. We'll see what happens with that. But, I mean, they traded Snell and we're just fine. So if they trade guys now, they'll be fine too. If they're the Rays. But a the Red Sox are young, in that challenging. A lot of young pitchers the Rays have. Yes, and they, they have Juan already, Franco. Yeah, and Juan already, Franco. like, studs. Yeah, and, and, like, if Wander Franco came to the White Sox, he'd probably be their best player. And that's saying something because the White Sox have superstars all over the place. The only player who might compete with him is Luis Robert. But um, it's – it's tough. It's a tough division because the Blue Jays are getting better too. They almost took the Red Sox playoffs. Mm-hmm. That could have been them in the ALCS. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't know necessarily that the Blue Jays are going to take a step back, only a step forward. So, I would absolutely Red... think they're going to take a step yeah, forward. But... The only thing is they're going to lose Semyon probably, and they're also probably going to lose Robbie Ray. So they have to figure out ways to supplement that. But I mean, the way Vladimir Guerrero Jr. mashes baseballs with his wagon ass. Mm-hmm. The um, um, I think the Yankees are going to take a step back, honestly. So, do you think they're going to sell off anyone? Like, could you see them trading Mike Stan or Judge, or uh, they're not going to be able to trade Garrett Cole? No one would take that contract. I don't know. If, but... I don't know if like Rizzo will stick around. Do you, do you think he will? Eh, I, I think out of the three, Rizzo's the least likely to stay with his new team. Yeah, yeah. I don't I see, see Rizzo, Rizzo going to the Red Sox. That would that would be ideal. <laughs> I'd rather him. He's better than Schwarber. He's better than Schwarber, especially at first. But I don't know. You might be better at first. You legit might be better at first. Uh, Schwarber made a really good play in one of the the later games that they lost. Yeah, it was almost a triple play. Boneheaded plays. Almost a triple play. Dude can't make a scoop. He's got a good brain. He's got a good baseball brain. He just can't make a scoop to save his life. It's not easy. It's not certainly not easy. That's why me and you being all-star first baseman MLB in high school was incredible. MLB level. It's, um, but another thing, a reason I think the Red Sox will be better is Chris Sale. Given a whole a whole year with him, a whole uh, spring training to get ready, I think uh, their whole their whole rotation will benefit from that. Yeah, and there are a lot of articles coming out. I saw one on NBC. I saw one on Fan Side from Bo Sox Injection the future of Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts is going to be evaluated by Boston this offseason. And I mean, let's be real with each other. Those are their two best players, two best position mm-hmm. players. Yeah. So what is, what does that mean to you? Evaluating the future of Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers. Like, do you give those guys long-term contracts? Where do they rank in your opinion in terms of first baseman in the America or at their position in the American league? Like there's so much to discuss when it comes to these two. Yeah, I would, I would say Xander, you can argue is one of the best shortstops defensively and hitting in the entire MLB. And you can argue that Rafi Devers is one of the best offensive third baseman. I'm not going to say he's, you know, the best defensive third baseman dude needs to work on that still. And he's gotten a lot better. His, his growth at third base has been exponential. 
since, you know, coming into the league, but he's still not at that elite defensive level that maybe like a Yohan Mankata is. Uh, and, but I, I would still say you got to do, you need both of these guys to have like a competitive Red Sox lineup. They are the, I would say them, uh, JD, you know, the way he crushes baseballs, those are kind of like your pillars of the core of the lineup that you, you need. So, and those are too hard of guys to replace. So I would say you give them what they want. I think this era of the Red Sox is one of my favorite eras of any baseball team ever. I've really enjoyed from, because I think of the core of the White Sox in the mid-2000s with Konerko and Pierzynski and Burley, right? And then second place for me is probably the Red Sox from that same era. David Ortiz, Jason Veritek, Manny Ramirez, Pedro. Um, I think Pedro's the greatest pitcher who ever lived, but that's my opinion. And then this recent Red Sox core is competing with this current White Sox core, like for like my favorite of all time. Obviously, the White Sox will always get an edge because the logo more than anything. But I really enjoy the 2015 to 2021 ish Red Sox, the post David Ortiz Red Sox with Devers and Bogarts and Sale and Jumbo Dong. And I would um, say that that 2018 Mookie lineup, even the Betts. I was going to say that 2018 lineup with that outfield with Mookie, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Andrew Benatendi over and left. Yep. I would say that that core of the lineup. And then obviously you had Devers, Xander. Uh, I think Pedroia was still on the team. He was injured a lot. He was injured a lot. But do you remember Noontime? Yeah, Eduardo Nunez. Exactly. Eduardo Nunez, Eddie Noontime. And then uh, they had Christian Vasquez along with Sandy Leon. Who yep, was the only active Hall of Famer. Yeah, it would come up clutch right when you need them. So I would say that 2018, that might be my favorite baseball roster of all time. Because like, yeah, that that I'll never forget. So much joy. Me too, and it ended so perfectly um, with Chris Sale on the mound. That's our guy. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll never forget there was a game mid-season that year. I want to say it was like just a July night. Like we were out swimming during the day. We get home, watch the Red Sox, and all of a sudden in the ninth inning. They're down, and Mookie Betts hits a grand slam. And I can hear their announcer, O'Brien, just screaming, Mookie Betts, there it goes. And it goes over the monster, and it's just it was just so fucking awesome. Like, I, I love that Red Sox team. I love that Red Sox core. And people know that I live and die with the White Sox, but it is what it is. Uh, I have a second team that I cheer on when they're not playing the White Sox. And, hey, I love it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it sucks the season ended. Because, you know, they still have a new court kind of in the works now that is very likable, very fun to watch. Every time, uh, you know, a guy like Kike Hernandez would come up to the plate this postseason, you're, you had to be dialed in because you never knew what that guy was going to do. Um, so fun it, player. Exactly. So it's just a fun team to be on the rise right now. I liked Kike Hernandez, Hunter Renfro, and Alex Verdugo Red Sox. Like, mm-hmm those three guys kind of like helped reinvent what they had going in the outfield this year. And with Ben Attendee and Jackie Bradley Jr. gone, those are probably upgrades. So fun times with the Red Sox this year. What are your thoughts on the 2021 Red Sox season as a whole? Give them a nice little close. Yeah, I kind of, I started with that. I mean, it was a, an overachieved year in the eyes of many, and there's a lot to look forward to within this next coming years. My favorite part of the Red Sox season, not including the postseason, was when they went 17 and 10 because 
I, I listen to Section 10 faithfully. It's my favorite show in the world, one of them. And they said before the season started that they'll make the playoffs if they start 17 and 10. And this is in like spring training when like guys' arms are still cold. And guess what? They start the season 16 and 10, and they need to win one more to make it 17 and 10. And it was just like this big thing. And so I had a lot of fun watching the 17 and 10 unfold over their first 27 games. April was good times as far as that. Yeah, my favorite part of the season was early in the it's not early, I guess it's kind of baseball is rolling in June, early June. I think I know first, what you're gonna say. Their first series with the New York Yankees, they swept yep. them. And that I mean that alone, if you don't sweep that series, maybe it's the Yankees in the playoffs instead of them so yeah do you remember early... the, the game against, that's not what I, it's not what i thought you were gonna say what did you think there I was, was a game say? against the yankees where they were losing four nothing or something in the ninth inning they were being mo- no hit into the eighth inning the yankees were throwing a no hitter against them into the eighth inning and the red sox came back and won after they got their first hit and won like five four or something i can't remember the exact time of year it was definitely over the summer and it was definitely a sunday um i just know those two things for a fact um Yes, it was the 25th at Fenway on July 25th. They won five to four, and all five runs came in the bottom of the eighth inning. Yep. Damn, what a game. Yep. Am I not just alien memory or what? It's all right. Yeah. You know, you know, I know it was a Sunday because I watched that game on the deck by the pool. I knew exactly everything that was happening. It's just it's just good memory on my part. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So once the whole season is over, we'll kind of go over our favorite moments from the entire year. But because there's a lot. There's one specific Thursday night game in Iowa that sticks out to me. But we'll get back to that probably on next week's show or the show after. Um, one of your favorite teams. I don't know where they rank on your list. If you were to rank your favorite baseball teams, one through 30, where this team would fall, they'd be in my top 10, certainly not in my top five. Third. Yeah. That's the Los Angeles Dodgers. The defending champions are defending no more. Your thoughts. Uh, It's actually a cool, I wish I would have took a picture of it. Maybe I did cool stat for the MLB that like, there's been like 15 different champions uh, in the past X amount of years since a certain date. Since 2000? Yeah. I might have saw the same graphic. Was it since 2000? I don't know. And uh, yeah. the only teams that to repeat or to win multiple are the Red Sox, the Cardinals, and the Royals? The Giants. Giants. Yeah, obviously. No Royals. Royals yeah, made yeah, it back to back World Series, but they lost one of them mm-hmm. to the Giants. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the Giants. How could I forget, you know, those teams? But, uh, it's kind of cool like that the there's a new champ as often as there is in baseball. It's such a hard championship to win. It's hard to – I said last week or a couple weeks ago that there's a reason why you celebrate every playoff win because every win is an accomplishment. Um, and the Dodgers just always seem to be in the mix, especially over the past five or six years. Uh, it's just they, they kind of met their match with this Atlanta Braves team. The, the pitching for the Braves was able to shut down this lineup. The inconsistency from the lineup, you know, they were relying a little too much on guys like Chris Taylor, who, you know, he's awesome, but is he the guy you want to have to rely on? I don't know. 
to hit three home runs every single game. Exactly. So uh, there's a lot that went wrong. There's a lot that, you know, went right, obviously. But again, just like the Red Sox, it was a great year. And having 105 wins is definitely not something to be disappointed about, uh, regardless of having to play in that wild card game. So we'll see what next year brings for this team. Yeah, the Dodgers' longest active playoff streak in Major League Baseball. I believe they've been in the playoffs for eight straight seasons, and a majority of those were winning the National League West. Was it was our say. favorite division to talk about this season, and they got past the Giants, but barely. And that was one of the funnest series of the postseason. I think when we look back on the postseason as a whole, Giants-Dodgers will stick out the most. And, you know, I had a lot of fun watching it. Um even Giants Dodgers in the regular season was some of the fun, most fun baseball to watch throughout 162. Yes. Those two teams in the Padres make up three fifths of California baseball and every single game, the Padres fell off at the end, but nobody's denying that those games were exciting. And the Padres are going to be right back at their next year. I actually think they're going to be better than the Giants next year. And the Dodgers will go back to winning the division, but the Dodgers have nothing to be ashamed of. They lost to the Atlanta Braves. They were spent after the Giants series. Um, the Braves lineup, it just was a little too much for them to handle at that point. Um, I think the Dodgers deserve credit for forcing a game six. They played very hard in game five, and they deserved to make the Braves work for it. Um, it's exciting to see a new team representing the National League in the World Series. It's not a team we've seen there in a long time. And, But, hey, the Dodgers, there's not much to say other than they'll be back. Like, they're not going mm-hmm. anywhere. They, they might – you know, lose a player here or there. I definitely think Taylor's gone. Um, there's a chance Seager's gone. Um, Do you think Trey Turner sticks around? We'll see what happens with Trey Turner, but I definitely think Max Scherzer is probably the most 50-50 out of them all. Wouldn't mm-hmm. shock me if he stayed. It wouldn't shock me if he left. Um, they deserve credit for the way they handle business because a lot of people just think the Dodgers buy their team, and that's just not the case. They spend the money on the players that they have, of course, because they have it, but they needed the draft resources to get a Scherzer, a Turner, a Mookie Betts. The Boston Red Sox or Washington Nationals aren't just trading for no reason. So, you know, they're not getting them, giving them away for nothing. And the Dodgers are so good at finding valuable young assets to trade for those guys. And then they pay them once they get there. So I've always said they're like a mix of the Yankees and the Rays. They have the resources and the knowledge and the analytics of the Rays and they have the money of the Yankees. So, you know, it, it's not very surprising to me that they're able to sustain the success that they have because they have the brains and the money. Yeah, and, you know, I know you have it written down here. I don't know when you were going to mention it, but an- another thing that affected them, and there, there's no one can even argue against it, is injuries. And I'll just go ahead and lump the absence of Trevor Bauer in with the players missing, I guess you can say, because – you know, regardless of what you think of that guy as a human being, he's one hell of a baseball player that will help any team win. <laughs> so, you know, kind of just losing that out of your lineup. We didn't see uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw at all in the playoffs. We didn't see Max Muncie. Matt Bevy was a big part of the, the, you know, their run to 105 wins. They were just missing a lot of key parts. And uh, they still were right there with one of the best teams in baseball. So. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I used to think like, oh, Scherzer just replaced Bauer. But I mean, once Kershaw went down, it's like they probably would have traded for Scherzer even if they had Bauer. Mm-hmm. And then they would have ran a six-man rotation of Kershaw, Bueller, 
um, Bauer, um, who am I missing? Arias and Tillman. Is it Tillman? Well, they they often would, you know, they'd start with a Joe Kelly and yeah. run run their pen. And so that tells way- me that missing Bauer really hurt them. And exactly. Bauer's like fully back on social media again. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen. He's like he does like watch. He does like watch parties for these games. Yeah, and like he's not going back to the Dodgers, but I do think he's going to play Major League Baseball again. Yeah, and obviously we'll we'll need more facts on the whole situation, but I I want to see him be play baseball again because you could say that Scherzer might have just replaced Bauer, but did he though? Because Scherzer, there were a few games where you know he he wasn't. You know, they were hitting him. He was wouldn't last long. Trevor Bauer, when Trevor Bauer is on, and I'm not, this is no disrespect to Scherzer. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best pitchers I've ever seen. He's going to win the Trevor, side, you know. Trevor Bauer, man, like when he was on this year in the zone, like he was unbeatable. And, you know, that kind of added to those uh, Padres Dodgers series early on in the season that were so much fun yeah, to watch. he liked to do his starter stuff. Yeah, and just like that energy in the playoffs was missing from this Dodgers team. Yeah, and you know, some people have mixed feelings on Bauer. Um, if he's found, I mean, if you watch Bar Down Blackhawk Talk, you know that me and Joey stick to facts we, with legal stuff and we don't really cast aspersions on anyone, but I mean, he'll probably be back next year. And I, I still say I will never forget forgive that man from a baseball point of view because of his stupid ass deciding it would be a good idea to play with a drone in the World Series against the Cubs and cut his finger and he couldn't pitch against the Cubs in game six. And I will never, ever forgive that guy for that. Like that turned the entire series because he was going to pitch twice. And I I just, Trevor Bauer, man. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So that that's closing the book on the Dodgers. Um, no one's really sad to see them go, though. It's not like the Red Sox. Like, they, they were one of the final four teams. We knew they'd be there, and they'll be back next year. I'm really confident in it. I think – I actually think they have a very realistic chance to be back next year, if not win the whole thing. It's very hard to repeat. We all know that. Um, but I am sad that they are not in the in the World Series right now because, let me tell you, I would much rather be watching the Dodgers play in this series over the Braves and Astros. But that's just one guy's opinion. Yeah, that is just one guy's opinion. I'm very happy, and we will move on to the World Series, where the Atlanta Braves did defeat the National League Dodgers or the Los Angeles Dodgers to win the National League pennant. And then the Houston Astros defeated our Boston Red Sox in order to win the American League pennant. They have played two games in the World Series so far, and the series is tied at one. What has stood out to you the most so far in the World Series? How evenly matched these teams are. Uh, pretty much pitching offensively. I might give the offensive lineup the slight edge to the Houston Astros. But, I mean, you look at game one, the Braves win 6-2. to two. Game two, the Astros win 7-2. to So they scored one extra run. You know, held each team held each other to two runs only. Uh, Charlie Morton, who I was so confident in going into in the game one, freaking throws a great game with a half of it with a broken leg. Like what a warrior. Uh, it sucks that he won't be able to go on, but I mean, he got the win for his team in, in a very crucial game one. So we'll see. I'm, I'm kind of confident. I'm happy that it's going back to Atlanta with a one, one series, you know, tie. 
uh, in the way baseball works, you got three straight at Atlanta. Now you got to show your home dominance and, and can try to contain this Astros lineup, which is extremely dangerous. We saw yesterday they had their, I talked about how that they always have an explosive inning. It came very early yesterday in the bottom of the second where they put up four. There was no turning back after that. They kept pouring it on inning six and seven, scoring one each, uh, a solo Homer from uh, our guy Altuve. Uh, this is just a very hard lineup to contain. So, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It was sucks to see Charlie Morton be out for the World Series. It was funny to me because they tweeted mid-World Series game one that Charlie Morton will be out for the rest of the World Series, but he will be ready in time for spring training. And just seeing a team in the World Series tweet about spring training, it like it was funny to me. Like It, it, it wasn't weird because like I get the sentiment. Like You want to report that he'll be ready for spring training. Mm-hmm. That's something that is going to be on people's minds. Like, Will he be ready for next year? But like just the, the timing of it, it's like the fifth inning of your World Series game and you're talking about spring training. I just thought that was a little funny. But I, I do think the Braves coming home is nice. It is. I think they benefit from having stole a game on the road in Houston, which is just an incredibly loud place to play playoff baseball. I don't know if you've noticed during the World Series so far. That, that might be the loudest stadium in Major League Baseball because we both experienced two playoff White Sox games this year inside or outside. I think it would match the White Sox intensity if there were like enclosed ceilings and all that. But the Astros, man, that place was loud. Um, The fact that they weren't able to get a win with Freed is a little scary because you got your win with Morton, but now he's out. You got a loss with Freed. Now what? The the Braves pitching is going to be tested here against this Astros lineup. And you brought up Altuve. Did you know that Jose Altuve's home run yesterday was the 22nd home run in his postseason career, and it tied him with Bernie Williams for the second most all-time in the postseason? Like, this guy's a Hall of Famer. I don't give a shit what anyone says. You hate the Houston Astros? Fine. So do I. But Jose Altuve is a Hall of Famer. He's going. It's something to say. Like, it's cool now, especially, like, you know, we're – four years removed from the whole scandal, but like it's always going to be in the back of people's heads. How many of those home runs came when he knew a fastball was coming, when he knew a changeup was coming. Certainly the ones at home. Exactly. And you know, that was, I'm sure he had a probably if I had to guess offhand, he probably had five or six of those home runs on that 2017 run. And 2019, there was the buzzers in 2019. Exactly. So like, I mean, yeah, there's some remarkable stats. It's, it's impressive watching him play baseball now, giving him the benefit of the doubt that they're they're not cheating right now. But I don't know. I don't know if you can look at that and necessarily, you know, look at this guy as an amazing postseason player, which he is. But it's just he kind of fucked up his whole the way people look at him for the rest of his career. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Did you see the one person who was ahead of him with 28 career home runs? Mm-mm. One Manny Ramirez. Oh, really? Yeah, love that guy. I thought Poppy would be a little higher, but now that I think about it, Manny Ramirez in 04, 07, like that guy was unbelievable. So it's an interesting list. Um, there, another guy I want to kind of mention, I don't think you, you were going to bring him up. Maybe you were, but it's uh, pretty much single-handedly beat the Red Sox, and that's uh, Alvarez. I got, a pretty, I got a pretty cool uh, graphic here that I'll read off. In the last three games, this is going into the World Series. In the last three games, the
the Boston Red Sox as a team went nine for 82 with three RBIs, three runs. And, and just Alvarez alone went eight for 12 with five RBIs and four home runs. <laughs> so he That's had one, one less hit in 12 at-bats than the Red Sox did in 82 at-bats. So he deserved to be the American League Championship Series MVP, in your opinion? Oh, 100%. I don't know if I've ever seen one guy dominate a team in the games that mattered the most that much. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the Astros, they they get that production from up and down their lineup, and they're tied 1-1 going back to Atlanta for three. We'll see if one of the two teams is able to win the world series there. I don't think they're going to, I do think it comes back to Houston for at minimum a game six. Yeah. Neither of these teams losing three straight. It's just not in their DNA. I don't think so either. And before we get into our predictions, I do want to give a special shout out. I don't know if they're listening right now, but I will make sure that they at least check out this portion of the show. I want to give a shout out to two of our very good friends, Nick boss and Jeremy Scalise. They are going to the World Series, games four and five. And when I say that that makes me as happy as anything could make me, I mean that from the bottom of my heart because there is nothing more that I like than hearing about people I care about going and enjoying sports because sports bring people together. They teach you how to work as a team. They teach everything positive in life that you need to know. And I'm so glad that those two get to go enjoy that experience together. They'll never forget it as long as they live. I'm going to be sitting my ass in front of the TV watching it to make sure that I get to take in the same game that they do, however many miles away. But, man, I'm excited for them. I'm rooting for the Braves for them and them alone. Like, if they weren't going and if it wasn't Atlanta, I probably would. I'm kind of enjoying the Astros as they're the heels of Major League Baseball. Like, I'm starting to, like, think they're kind of funny. Jose Altuve hits a home run and he knows people hate him. Like, I I think all that stuff is kind of funny. But from the bottom of my heart, I'm rooting for those Braves. I know you're wearing the Braves hat. And I don't normally root for the National League under any circumstances, but go Braves. I'm that serious. I hope Jeremy and Nick have as much fun as you possibly can at a World Series game. They are 100% the reason I'm wearing this hat. They're 100% the reason I'm rooting for the Braves. Uh, you know, our we spent a little bit of time in Atlanta and we went and saw that ballpark from the outside. Made me so excited to eventually go see a game there. Uh, and you going to a World Series game, a Super Bowl, even like a Stanley Cup, <clears throat> that's got to be bucket list material right there. I know it is for me being such a huge sports fan. So the fact that they're going to be able to go to enjoy this in their new hometown, uh, that that's awesome. It means the world. So I, I kind of hope that. You know, if they're able to see a presentation of a World Series, that would be remarkable. But like we said, it, it's going to be tough. This Astros team losing three straight is not very likely, but I'm rooting for it just for them. Yeah, imagine that. Like, I've always said the number one thing in life I want to do is go to at least one Super Bowl. And I really do want to go to at least one Super Bowl in my entire life. Because to me, the Super Bowl, the tickets are 10 times more expensive. There's only one every single year. Like the World Series, there's seven games to choose from every single year. And chances are it'll be somewhat close to you at least once every five years. Like within the last 10 years, the, the World Series has been hosted in Chicago at Wrigley Field, in uh, Cleveland at Progressive Field, in um, Kansas City at Kauffman Stadium, in St. Louis, at Bush Stadium. The World Series has been close to us in driving distance 
many, many times in my life that I know I'm going to go to multiple World Series games probably. I truly believe I'll go to multiple World Series games in my life. But the Super Bowl, we, we live in Illinois. You know, that's always at a warm climate. And or a not even the location. There is only one game. Exactly. And the tickets are super expensive because, like, a World Series game will be sold out, but tickets won't be impossible to get. There comes a point where Super Bowl tickets are impossible to get. You have to act early. You have to act. And so that's part of the reason I'm pushing so hard because I want the Bears to get uh, the stadium in Arlington because I believe they'll host a Super Bowl there within five years. They can't host it at that shit show Soldier Field because it only holds 60,000 people. And, you know, it's freezing in February. No one wants to go to the Super Bowl there. That'd be stupid. Yeah. But in Arlington, they could host Final Fours and WrestleMania and the Super Bowl, which I really want to go to the Super Bowl. So, but I'm with you, a Stanley Cup final. And, you know, we had fun at the Calder Cup final when we went and saw the Chicago Wolves get blown out by the Charlotte Checkers. Like, that was fun. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, just stuff like that is so cool. So good luck to Jeremy and Nick. We're rooting for the Braves. How do you think the World Series is actually going to end? I think the Atlanta Braves are going to win in seven games. I think it's going to go the distance. It's going to be a World Series to remember. Um, I think one thing that – one reason I think the Braves are where they are, it seems they always play to the level of their opponent. Whether it be the Brewers we saw early on, they they played rose up to the Dodgers. They just play to the level of their opponent. So they're going to need to put up a lot of runs on this Astros team. And I think they have the lineup that can do so. So I'm going with the Atlanta Braves. All right. I, I like that pick. I'm rooting for the Braves. I want them to win in five. If I got to choose what happened in the World Series, it would be that the Braves win in five. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to stick with the prediction I made for Southside Shonan's article. I don't like flipping, even though I want to flip. I'm just going to – it's already written on paper, so I'm going to leave it there. I have the Houston Astros winning the World Series in seven games. Um, I From the second they beat the White Sox, it was almost like, well, at least if the Astros win the World Series, it'll make the White Sox – like everybody got dummied by the Astros. They're not the only ones. So part of me does feel that way, you know, aside from rooting for our friends. But – yeah, I just think the Astros are the best team in baseball right now. I do think a step back is forthcoming. Um, Correa is going to be gone. We don't know what's going to happen with their pitching. Behind McCullers, there's some question marks sometimes, even though some of their other guys have really stepped up. I don't know what's up with Verlander, if he's ever coming back, or if he's just going to be a free agent, go play for the Tigers to end his career, which is certainly possible. You know, him and Kate Upton are living their best life right now. But I just – I don't know what's going to happen with the Astros in the future, and I think this is, might be like their last hoorah with this core. So we'll see what happens. I hope I'm wrong. Who do you think is going to be the World Series MVP? There, so I guess this falls in line with like you asking the players to make an impact on the series. I'll go ahead and give one from each team. All right? Mm-hmm. So this like way... If the Astros win the World Series, yeah. this guy will yeah. be the MVP. If okay, I like that. I can do that too. My pick for the Braves... Um, I'm not going to go ahead and, you know, say Jock Peterson, regardless of how well he played in that Dodger series, Jocktober. Remember, it's the World Series MVP. Yeah, I think I know. I think a new guy is going to really come up clutch in these games in Atlanta. That's their first baseman, Freddie Freeman. That's my guy who I think is just going to click and, you know, 
give the Braves they need. Over on the other side, I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go with my little man, my little hated man, chalk pick. I don't care. This dude's a game changer, and that's Jose Altuve. Whether it be, you know, a gold glove play over at second base or him hitting a, a three-run bomb to take the lead in uh, bottom of the eighth inning, top of the eighth inning, I don't care. He's the guy that will do it for that Astros team. So those are my two guys, Freddie Freeman and Jose Altuve. I think it's really funny that you like let a precursor that it's chalk for Altuve, but not Freeman, the defending National League MVP. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking World Series MVP. He hasn't necessarily been their playoff MVP right now. No, but he had some big moments to end mm-hmm. their series yeah. with the Dodgers. But I'm saying if they like w- this World Series, it's a different different ball game. Yeah, I'm gonna take the first two games into consideration with my brick. I like Jorge Soler. I don't, I, see, I, I don't think I can take him actually. He might be hurt. Yeah, I'm not gonna take. I'm gonna roll with you. I'm gonna roll with you and Freddie Freeman for the Atlanta Braves. I it is a chalk pick. He's their second best player behind Acuna. So by default, he's their best player because Acuna's is out. Chalk this or is Eddie Rosario batting four four twenty six right now in the postseason? <laughs> I mean, Freddie Freeman's their best player, in my opinion, besides Acuna, but Acuna's out. Acuna's a top five player in baseball. Nobody yeah, or you can it. or you can ride Jack Tober. Jack Tober. You know, you know I love me some Jack Tober. I don't know if there's a chalk pick. I disagree. There's no chalk pick for the Braves. All right. Well, I'm I'm rolling with you and Freddie Freeman. I'm All sticking right. with the first baseman. We're both first basemen. Um I think for the Astros, I'm gonna stick with the one I put in my article. I'm gonna go with Kyle Tucker. That little rookie asshole dominated the White Sox. It pissed me off on a thousand levels. And I hope it continues because if everyone can be miserable because of Kyle Tucker, it will make me feel less miserable and misery loves company. So go Kyle Tucker. I also think world series MVP. Like it seems like oftentimes the world series MVP isn't necessarily someone who was great all playoffs, right? No, it's not like the Conn Smythe trophy. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, Jose Altuve, like, you look at some of his numbers, he necessarily hasn't even been great this postseason. He's got a lot of strikeouts. He's got some yeah, clutch moments. Yeah, the White Sox shut him down at home. Yeah. Other so, than the ninth inning home run that sent us all home. Yeah. Um, There was so, something I wanted. Oh, the list of all the Gold Glove nominees came out just like a few minutes ago. No way. Did it really? Yeah. Every are you, single are you one. Being serious? Yeah, I was just looking at it. I don't know where it went. Now. Oh boy! I don't That's know if you want to run through here on the pod. Oh, I'm already okay. Wow, I have articles to write, eh? Yeah, hold on. I, I just had a cool list, and it's gone. Oh, here it is. All right. Do you want to go wow. through them all real quick? Jose Abreu got boned. I guess. Do you, you want to go through them real quick, gone. or you? <laughs> no, I I'll hate go- this. I'll go through the American League, or we'll alternate position. How about that? Yeah, go for it. American League pitchers, you got Jose Barrios, Zach Greinke, and Dallas Keuchel. The worst pitcher on the White Sox starting staff. Gold glove. Gold glove. He might win it, too. His fielding percentage is super awesome. Yeah. Who you got for catchers in the American League? For catchers, Martin Maldonado. Sean Murphy, 
And Salvador Perez is one of the worst defensive catchers in baseball. I don't understand that at all. I, I would give it to Maldonado. I would I would for sure give it to Maldonado, but maybe maybe Perez, I haven't watched, you know, as many Royals he, games. Yeah, defensively. I know he's like notoriously bad defensively, but and but he had an amazing offensive year. And I just I can't say I've watched enough defensive innings for the Royals this year to say he's been had a bad year. So he has. I'll give, I'll give the MLB the benefit of the doubt. My position, first base, gold glove. I agree. Jose did kind of get screwed here. Yuli Gurriel of the Astros, Matt Olson of the A's, and Jared Walsh of the Angels. I would give it to Matt Olson. <clears throat> Go ahead, second base. I, I don't I don't know. I, I I'm not gonna sit here and act like I've seen as many defensive innings from like Jared Walsh or Matt oh, Olson to form. Well, well, I'll give opinions on I have opinions on every single one of these. Second base, David Fletcher of the Angels, Whit Merrifield of the Royals, and Marcus Semyon of the Blue Jays. I would give it to Whit Merrifield of the Royals. Third base, you got Matt Chapman of the A's, Jose Ramirez of the Indians, and Joey Wendell of the Tampa Bay Rays. I would give it to Matt Chapman of the A's. The A's have the best corner infield in Major League Baseball on each side. I mean, shout out to the Astros. It seems like they got a lot of guys. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little salty. Moncada's not nominated. I really am. I don't expect TA to get nominated for shortstop, even though he's okay defensively. I'm a little yeah. salty that my guy Lou Bob isn't over in center field. Yeah, we don't have to go through every single position. That'll take too long. Uh, yeah. We'll make notes. Um, the Cubs uh, did have Zach Davies nominated for pitcher, which is. I rich. was going to say. The the Cubs worst pitcher one and the White Sox worst pitcher both gold lovers. Seriously, my guy Freddie Freeman first baseman. Actually, yeah, I love all these good. guys. The National League trio right there: Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt, and Max Muncie. Those are three of my favorite names in baseball. Yeah, same, same. I'm with you. Oh, uh, we know Arenado is going to win it for third base with the Cardinals. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. for the Brew Crew in center field. Mookie Betts. Right field, Dodgers. Um, yeah, the National League list is nice. I'm a little and, salty. Uh, I would have liked to see Lou Bob didn't play long enough this season. You got to keep that in mind. He only played like maybe 60 games. Uh, another name I want to mention in right field for the Giants, Mike Yastrzemski. Yep. Kind of cool Kind of see him along with Adam Duvall and Mookie Betts. Yep. Absolutely. So that's interesting. Got some gold glove, uh, some gold glove stuff out there. Um, I'm gonna get to reading those takes on the gold glove after we're done with this show. But hey, shout out to the gold glove nominees. I don't agree with a lot of them, but some of them I do. Um, I, Robert didn't play enough to get nominated in center field. No way. There's only two positions I'm actually salty about. I would have nominated Jose Abreu for first base. His defensive run saved and his error number were pretty sweet. And Yohan Moncada, I'm biased, traded for Chris Sale. It's my guy. Whatever. Um, I want the White Sox to win the World Series, so I don't give a shit about gold gloves, even though I kind of do. Last year, the White Sox kind of dominated the gold glove game, so that's okay. Um, got anything left on the World Series before we wrap it up? Uh, I just hope it's entertaining. Uh, I can't say, I don't know. I wasn't as entertained yesterday as I was in game one. Just the way game one, 
game one started, uh, you know, third pitch of the World Series home run kind of just got the energy going right away. Did you um, know that Jorge Soler was the first player in MLB history to ever hit a home run in the first plate appearance of a World Series? Really? Yeah. Which it might sound surprising, 120 surprising. years old. But, I mean, you only get 121 chances. No one's ever let off the World Series with a home run? No. And not a World Series game. Not a World Series game. The World Series opener, yeah. World Series game one first plate appearance. Because I remember, didn't Dexter Fowler lead off a Cubs World Series with a home run? I'm pretty sure he hit a leadoff home run. It was either game – I don't remember the exact game, but I'm pretty sure Dexter Fowler led off. It might have even been game seven. Yeah, I don't know. That's surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, it's a, whenever something in baseball happens for the first time, it's like, oh, so that's the first time that happened in 120 years? Wow. Some people you, have lived two lifetimes since then. You would probably think the same thing about, like, a kick return in the Super Bowl. We've seen that. Yeah. A home run opposed to a kickoff return for a touchdown, though? I would say there's a way less likely chance you return the opening kickoff and hit a home run. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. <clears throat> Which is why it's more surprising that it just happened now for the first time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. All right, well, World Series, game three tomorrow in Atlanta. I, mean, I know we'll both be tuned in. I'm excited for it. Um, probably going to spend most of my Halloween weekend hanging out with people I like and watching baseball and hockey. So, I mean, yeah. can't really beat it. Um, the weather's kind of stinky today. But, you know, say something nice about the White Sox and the Cubs. Um, something nice about both teams, like in the same sentence or individually? No, individually. Oh, um, the White Sox have an incredibly bright future and I can't wait to park my ass on March 29th, is it? March 29th, 31st, 31st. March 31st over at guaranteed rate field for the first time and stuff my face with beer and food and watch another hopefully close to 100 win season over on the north side um feels great <laughs> i uh i hope uh yeah field is great <laughs> yeah Love that. i like the field i hate that field so that's not my nice thing about it i um, actually yeah, i'm sure i'll be on a real serious and all serious i'm sure i'll be to a few cubs games i hope they put together a somewhat competitive season and give us uh i'm not going to say a better field of dreams game, but something to look forward to at least. I don't want to, you know, approach that field of dreams game when the Cubs are, you know, crawling for last place in their division. I wanted to, I want them to have a competitive team. I want Frankie Schwindel, uh, my guy, Patrick wisdom. I, I'm hoping those guys, you know, continue right where they left off and, and give us some good baseball to watch. Hopefully, uh, um, Madrigal, is able to, uh, you know, be productive for them and just give us something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, for me, my nice thing about the White Sox is, you know, I can't thank them enough for the outstanding 2021 season. It's been one of my favorite baseball seasons of all time. Um, it's hard to see. I, I don't even know. This might sound crazy. There are going to be people in the chat that think I'm crazy. I don't know if the White Sox win the World Series in 2022. I would say I enjoyed that season more than this one. What? Is that weird? I don't even know what that means. You got to <laughs> say that again. 
like it's hard for me to see myself ever having as much fun with a baseball team as I did in 2021 with this team. Oh, yeah, no, that's recency bias at its finest. I mean, what other year in my life has there been one like that? Oh, five. No, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying like next year it can easily be just as good, if not better. I would need to go to like 35 games. You what? You're gonna. Game. You're gonna. What the fuck else are you gonna do? You're gonna. <laughs> I mean, you're probably not wrong. Well, in the meantime, you know, I can't say enough nice things about the 2021 White Sox. Um, I do think it's uh, – I'm excited. Um, my nice thing about the Cubs is I, I can't thank them enough for Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease. Um, they are both absolute Chicago White Sox superstars. And the fact that the Cubs gave them to the White Sox for Jose Quintana – was very nice of them, and I'm happy to see Aloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease just dominate baseball games in White Sox colors. So, Cubs, thank you so much for that. We do have a little bit of breaking news from PETA, otherwise known as People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. They want Major League Baseball to stop using the word bullpen because they say that bullpens were used to slaughter bulls, and the term is derogatory. Your thoughts. Be careful. I, I guess I'll just say that's silly. <laughs> All right. So that is silly. Joey, um, Joey is going to be canceled in short order. That's unbelievable. <laughs> if that cancels me, I'm going out with that's the way I'm going out then because that is with a bang, bang, bang. Yeah, that's Here silly. We go. <laughs> what the fuck else would you call it? A hundred and however many years later. What would you um, call they're it? asking them to PETA is asking the MLB to change the bullpen name to the Arm Barn. The bullpen arm has barn. been used since the 1800s. A PETA okay. executive says okay, bullpen so... mocks the misery of sensitive animals. Okay, so what about humans? What about people who don't have arms? The arm barn might be derogatory to them. There's nothing right. you could spin zone anything nowadays. If I if I lose my arms tomorrow. I'm going to be pissed if it's called the arm barn because oh, everyone has an arm but me. I mean, your hat is technically offensive to the indigenous community. No, this so, a lot of people, everyone thinks this hat is a firefighter hat. It looks like a firefighter hat. I thought the same thing. I mean, I, I know, know it's a Braves hat. I was there in Atlanta when you bought it. So I know it's a Braves hat. But I mean, I can see why people think that. It definitely has some, some Yeah, I've got so many compliments on artwork. it. No one it's knows nice it's a Braves hat until they read it. And it's like, yeah. I support firefighters. Yeah, and I mean, I support I support firefighters. Yeah, I think we all do. Of course, so um, it's a, a multi tool hat. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Um, yeah, we talked about the World Series. We each said something very nice about the Cubs and the White Sox. Um, went over the Red Sox, the Dodgers. I think next week's show will be a better recap of the World Series um, because right now we're right in the middle of it. I'm gonna so think of a fun. fun. I'll think of a fun little debate to have on next week's show. You something mean you're we... going to write a piece of content for this show? I'm just going to think of something. I'm not going to write All shit. Right. I, I like that. I mean, for those who are wondering, there are probably some people wondering, the avid Crosstown Crosstalk listeners out there, we're keeping it going throughout the winter. You're not losing us every Thursday. You're getting us right after Mike North, which Mike, Mike, want my money. I don't know what I have to do to get you to give me my money, Uncle Mike. You give me my money. But we'd also love to have you on the show. To talk you're you're the least least intimidating motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, you. 
least intimidating with your clean shaved all the time, baby face looking ass. Least intimidating. I no one owes you a penny, and no one will ever give you a penny. I mean, look who's talking, you Bucky Barnes haired looking tomahawk face, stupid eyeball motherfucker. Like, no one's scared of you Ooh. either. What the fuck? You, you, everything you make fun of me for, I'm just a slightly chubbier version of you. Like, what the hell are you even talking about? Who's winning tonight, the Arizona Cardinals or the Green Bay Packers? That's a loaded question. I gave you a prediction before we started the show off air. And I think I'm going to – no. I want the Cardinals to win, so I'm going to say the Cardinals. I despise – okay, so my least favorite teams in sports. A lot of people rip on me. They hate me, whatever. I don't care. Like Witt said, you could make fun of my dumb takes. You can make fun of my big ears. Whatever you want to do, I don't care. My least favorite teams in sports in order are the Chicago Cubs, the New York Rangers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Green Bay Packers. Those are my Mount Rushmore of least favorite teams in order. So I will never root for the Green Bay Packers unless they're playing the Cowboys in the playoffs. I'd rather see the Packers win the Super Bowl than the Cowboys, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I hate them. Um, go Cardinals. I hope they win. Kyler Murray's the MVP as of right now. It's one one take imagine, you've ever had on this show that you were right about. Imagine if you've been saying it since like week zero. Week zero? I've been saying Kyler. I've been on this Kyler Murray train since week zero. Yeah. You thought Kyler Murray should play baseball. No, I didn't. I it, No, I didn't. It'd be cool. You, you said you would play baseball. That doesn't mean that he should. He'd probably you, be a fucking... You should, too. No, you should, too. If you were equally as good at both, you should play football. You have a better chance of making it. You get paid more money out the gate. Yeah, you have a chance to make more money if you're, like, Garrett... I Holden guarantee if he would... if he Now that I've seen what I've seen, if he were to be in the MLB right now, whether it be for the Oakland Athletics or whatnot, he would not be anywhere near a Cy Young pitcher as he is an NFL MVP right now. You do not know that. He was I'm the seventh overall pick. He was the seventh overall pick. Okay, you cannot just assume because he's such a fucking good football player that he would just automatically be a Cy Young guy in the National League. No, his college statistics... Or in the American League. No, his college statistics tell me that he would be a pretty good baseball player. Like, he yeah. he has the tools to develop into be, an elite okay. baseball he'd player. Okay, he'd be pretty good. He'd be a pretty good baseball player. He is approaching his an MVP season in the National Football League. I know, and who's to say that you that can't, can't happen in football? That's like, saying, that's like saying Sho, Shohei Otani couldn't. There are people who will look stupid right now because they said Otani had to pick between hitting and batting or hitting and pitching. He he proved he could do both. I believe Kyler Murray would have been a great baseball player. I just I'm think not the saying money he wouldn't be a great. The I'm money and the fast tracks the fast track to success comes in football because you get drafted from college and you go play. In baseball, he would have had to play in double A, he would have had to play in triple A and still maybe not make it. He wouldn't be approaching an MVP season in baseball. That's all I'm saying. Okay, but I'm saying if you were equally as good at both in college, where you were the There's first no way he's as good of a baseball player as he's a football player. He's the first player in the history of God's green earth to ever be drafted in the first round of two sports. And you're going to tell me that there's just no chance he was an elite baseball player. He is that good at football. I think there's no way he's as good at baseball as he's at football. He's that good at football. You will never know. And that's why you're able to comfortably make that claim. I know. He would tell you anyway. He wouldn't tell you. He wouldn't tell you. I bet if I asked Tyler Murray to his face, would you have been as good at baseball? He'd say, I think there's a chance. And I think there's a chance. Is with his seventh overall ass. 
as confident I am in the Arizona Cardinals tonight, I'm also a smart man. And sometimes you have to look at the price when you're betting. Uh, minus 315 is way too high. I think they're going to win, but you got to leave that favor. It's, it's a little too much for my liking going up against a bad man. A little too much for my liking. Wait a minute. Yeah. I Darren haven't looked my... at lines at all today. Darren you mean my... to tell me the that the Arizona three... Cardinals are minus 300 against the Green Bay Packers? Mm-hmm. I'm, now, betting I'm betting the Packers. Oh, oh, you know, there's value there, but I don't think they're going to win. So you just said it yourself. He's a bad. He's a bad man. Man, it it, it it has every sign to not touch the game for me at three fifteen. I don't even like the spread. You could take the the Cardinals minus six and a half, but I think there's a better chance of that. But I don't know. The Packers are plus how much? Two. Thirty-five. Ten dollars will win you twenty-three. Hundred dollars will win you two hundred and thirty-five. Why didn't you tell me this off air? I'm telling you on air. What the fuck? That I'm stunned. I'm taking Green Bay. You're silly. I'm not silly. That's value. If you throw ten on that, what do you win? I just said twenty-three dollars and fifty cents. Vinny okay. confirmed not a math guy. Hell no. I never claim to be a math guy. I'm an English guy. I get paid to write for a living. Um, yeah, I don't know. I want the Cardinals to win. I might throw a little coin on Green Bay, though, at that value. I cannot believe. I know that the Green Bay Packers are not as good as the Arizona Cardinals. I almost called them the Coyotes. Hey, 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 hey. hey, hey. hey. My fucking money. My fucking money. <laughs> um. <laughs> We're gonna turn so, into the Italian Goombas on this show. Like another another note, uh, Devonte Adams is on the COVID list and he will not play tonight. Is Are COVID better than Devonte Adams? Uh, it is. It, it's keeping him out of a Thursday night football game in a game where they need him. So yeah, COVID is confirmed better than Devonte Adams. Not you though. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. That that's a crazy. That's a crazy spread. I don't. I don't know about that one because the Cardinals are obviously a better team. They're not going to go 17-0. and There's no way. I haven't looked at their schedule as a whole, but they play in a very tough division. Um, the worst team in the division is probably the 49ers, who a lot of people pegged as like a potential Super Bowl team before the season started. I thought so, at least. They were in my preseason top 10. Now they're in my like midseason bottom 10. So, I mean, that division fluctuates. Um Go Cardinals, but maybe not if I take the Packers. One thing I do know for sure is I'm wearing this shirt for a reason. Tell your Chicago about. Bulls. Your Chicago Bulls will be honoring one of their all-time great players. I don't want to call them all-time great players, but like he's one of the best players the team has ever had, at least in recent memory, and that's Joakim Noah. And they're going to honor him. He will have the two most prominent coaches that he ever played for in the house, that being Billy Donovan, who Noah famously won back-to-back NCAA March Madness tournaments with. At Florida. And then, of course, Tom Thibodeau will be the coach of the New York Knicks on the other side. So I think it's just a really cool matchup to honor this guy. And I, I remember Joakim Noah finally. Do you have any Joakim Noah memories? Uh, yeah. we were. I don't know if you just said it. We were at his first ever triple-double. I didn't say it, but that's a good memory that you, yeah, that you remember that. One of the only memories I have in relation to the Bulls. I'm not a huge basketball guy. I would love to get into it. You're um, slowly getting into it, and so am I. I could tell. Yeah, because... You know, I've watched, you know, 
parts of NBA championships of recent years. I remember a few years back when San Antonio won it, right? Is that my memory correct? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The Spurs won. I remember watching a lot of that finals. Uh, the Bucks have been fun to watch. Uh, I never really got into when it was Golden State versus uh, LeBron, <laughs> whatever team. Yeah, LeBron Golden State versus whatever team LeBron was on. Yeah, I, I never got into those, but I mean, now it's starting to really get entertaining again. So I'm not going to lie, though. Those Golden State teams, I despise them in the moment, but Kevin Durant was just so good, and Steph Curry's the greatest shooter who ever lived. Basketball is a nice sport when it's at its best. I wasn't a fan of Durant going to the Golden State Warriors. It made the league no fun for about three years. Um, LeBron would try to build super teams. He was really only super successful with it one time. Yeah, the Lakers won in the bubble. But, I mean, you know, there was nothing like Wade, Bosh, and LeBron on the same team. But, I mean, those are three of the top five draft picks from the 03 draft, um, which reminds me. Do you find it funny that the greatest draft of all time – in the NBA and NHL, which a lot of people associate the NBA and NHL together because of the fact that a lot of them share the same buildings and they're the indoor sports. Do you find it funny that both sports greatest draft of all time was 03? That is pretty cool. I didn't know that for the NBA. I obviously knew that for the, the NHL. Uh, I had no idea that the NBA draft in 2003 was looked at as one of the top drafts. Yeah, there might be people that challenge me on that the 03 NBA draft being the best draft ever, but I know the top five had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and Carmelo Anthony. I couldn't tell you who the fifth was. I kind of think the fifth was like a bust, but I could be wrong. Um, it's an incredible group. And of course, you know, the 2003 NHL draft is, it might be the greatest draft in the history of team sports. Um uh, Mark Andre Fleury, Nathan Horton, Brent Seabrook, Zach Parisi, Ryan Getzlaff, Corey Perry. Um, I'm missing a bunch. Dustin Butler, yeah. Joe Pawlowski, Patrice Bergeron, Patrice Bergeron. It, it is by far a uh, Drew Doughty, not Drew Doughty. Um, Dustin Brown is the king. I mentioned. Shea Weber. Shea Weber. Um, I have. Um, yeah, there's a, there's tons of names. I have right here the Arizona Cardinals schedule. Real quick to backtrack a little bit. It's very realistic that they go undefeated. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. Oh, stop it. Yeah, it is very realistic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You want me to rifle off every team? Yeah, go for it. Packers. Okay. At 49ers. If I say at, it's away. At 49ers. Panthers. At Seahawks. By week. At Bears, don't even make a face. They're going to shit on the Bears in Chicago. Rams, at Lions, Colts, at Cowboys, Seahawks. The only one I could see them losing, don't laugh at me. I'm not going to laugh because I agree. Is going into Dallas. Um, I thought Dallas was going to stink. Didn't have them making the playoffs. I had the Washington football team winning that division. I no longer think that. The Dallas Cowboys are sick. You know me. I say when I when my least favorite teams are sick. I predicted the Cubs would win the World Series in 16, even though I wanted to burn my tongue off my face after saying it. That Dallas Cowboys team is good. There's no doubt about it. Dak Prescott is proving me wrong. I didn't have him on my top 10 list of quarterbacks during the summer. I, I even think – part of me thinks even the Barroom Network Twitter page roasted me for that, not having Dak Prescott, and I solely deserve it. Because Dak Prescott is absolutely a top 10 quarterback, me thinks. Um, I don't know. 
And this goes all the way back to week four. I just want to throw this out there. When they were headed into L.A., and I told you, hey, the Cardinals, take the Cardinals. They're going into L.A. They're going to beat the Rams. The Rams were undefeated, so obviously we were the Cardinals. I'm like, don't take the Rams. Arizona's going into L.A. Kyler Murray's going to beat them in their own barn. They ended up winning 37-20. to 20. Said the same thing two weeks later when they were going into Cleveland. Their next biggest challenge is Green Bay. Luckily, it's at home. And then that Rams game in Arizona scares me because the Rams are a good football team. Don't get me wrong. If Arizona was able to go into Los Angeles and beat them, Los Angeles could very well come into Arizona and, and you know take care of business. I don't think they will. I think the Cardinals are too good. I'm worried about going into Dallas in week 17. This team is by far the most impressive team of the season for me. I agree with you. I, I, got, I got nothing. You're right. Kyler Murray I was wrong about the Rams. Uh, I hope I hope they lose one. I don't like seeing teams go undefeated. And actually, that would be kind of cool. It would be really cool, though. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so you got the World Series. You got NBA basketball, NHL hockey, Thursday night football. There's lots of stuff. Um, the Barroom Network is the best in the world at covering it in terms of digital programming. Um, you got anything left before we head on out of here? Um, not really. I think this was a great show. Uh, we'll be recapping obviously the World Series next week. Uh, go Braves! Got some good hockey this weekend coming up. Bruins tonight playing Carolina, getting right back to work. I'm tired of them playing undefeated teams. Um, just continues tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, and on a more serious note, I strongly encourage people to go back and listen to. Episode 31 of Bar Down Blackhawk Talk, where me, Joey, and Frankie in the early portions of the show went over the sexual assault allegations going on between the Chicago Blackhawks, Bradley Aldridge, and all the people involved with management back in 2010. We kind of took it pretty deep and had some serious conversations about it. And it was pretty clear to me that Frankie's hurting over the thing and I'm hurting over the thing. He, he wasn't his typical Frankie self, and I get it. Um, it's tough. The shit sucks. It's disgusting. If it were up to me, Bradley Aldridge would be buried under the jail. And, you know, we found out later that it's, it's John Beach or Kyle Beach is John Doe. And I wanted to say on this show, I wanted to put his name out here from my mouth and let people know that I'm with Kyle Beach. I believe every word he said, and he deserves accolades for being brave. And coming out all these years later, and I was listening to David Kaplan yesterday, one of my favorite radio shows in the world, Cap and J. Hood. And the amount of people who call in to say, well, make Kyle Beach look like the wrong one in this whole thing. Fuck that. I Like, if that's your thought, don't watch my show. Because. No, I... What? And I agree 100%. And it's very, it was very, very you know, brave and admirable of Kyle Beach to go on PSN. He had a 27-minute interview. I highly recommend going to watch the entire thing. Um, and the, the one thing that I pulled from that entire interview that, you know, you really can't disagree with is nothing, no person or, or no championship, no cup run in any sport, no win, Nothing is more important than the safety of players and just being a human. 
And that's exactly what many members of the Chicago Blackhawks organization put ahead of the safety of that human. And it's, it's, it's unforgivable. So a uh, huge uh, tip of the cap to Kyle Beach. Do you remember Kyle Beach, the player? I can't say I do. I'm sorry. I I don't remember him much. I do know he was their first round pick the year after they took Kane. So 08. And so as bad of a person as Bradley Aldridge was, he might also stop the Hawks from ending up with a pretty good player because the damage it did obviously resulted in him not having a really good NHL career and totally understandable. And, you know, as a hockey community, we failed him. So, yeah. I hope the Blackhawks are able to move forward. I'm noticing a comment in the chat from Black Rain 7920 saying, what's up, Sox fans told you you would choke? And if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, Black Rain, but if my memory, which doesn't often fail me, you're a Rays fan, which is a team that absolutely choked to a team that is way worse than them on paper. The White Sox lost to the Astros, who are better than everybody. And I'm 90% sure you're a Rays fan who were the absolute biggest disappointment in the postseason by far, second to none. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Am I wrong? What did a team uh, choke harder than the Braves? Or the Rays? Yeah, I mean, the Rays did choke. They are 100% better than the Boston Red Sox. Absolutely. Um, and the White Sox many, are not better than the Astros. Not many teams in this postseason are better than the Rays. No, they so. choked. They should have beaten the Boston Red Sox. The Tampa Bay Rays choked once again. They'll lose all their guys that they refuse to spend their money on, and they'll always be the third or fourth best team in the league without ever winning the World Series. So you hate to see it. Um, You have anything left on the World Series before we get on out of here? Mm, Nope. All right. And make sure you're following at Joey Parisi on Twitter and at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. And, of course, make sure you watch the World Series. Stay loving baseball. Thank you for listening. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Well, yeah, cooking meth is bad. It doesn't make, necessarily make you evil.